Welcome to the Ski Classics podcast, Barkas Time to Set. Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 35 pro teams. In season 14, there are 14 races in 10 event locations, bringing pro team athletes and recreational skiers together. On this podcast series, we'll analyze the events on the pro tour and the challenger series, portray the legends of the sport and help you to become a better skier. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. It's been a while, but it's good to have you guys back. And and I have special guests today because we are going to talk about the upcoming season. Season 14, we're skipping 13. That's the unlucky number. And my guests today are the three-time champion, also last season's champion, Andreas Nigord, and the youth bib winner, Ida Dahl who finished second in the overall champion competition. So really good guests here, kind of gazing upon, looking at this uh, upcoming season, giving us their point of view. Uh, we have some new races, some interesting races, and of course, some old ones, some legendary races as well. So that's going to be on our show today. So stay with us and let's go and see what's going to happen when the new winter comes along. So Andreas Nigord, good to have you on our show. Let's start with you, and then we have Ida Dahl a little bit later on uh, on, on this uh, uh, program. How are you doing, by the way? What's what's going on with you? Thank you, thank you for having me. Right now, I'm just uh, staying in Tromsø, where I live, and uh, yeah, just finished up my exams on the university. So now it's time to get back in the saddle again and uh, get some uh, good session in the bank, but. Uh, Actually, right now I've been a little bit under the weather the last two days, so I guess I have to postpone it uh, some more days now. Speaking of the last season, it was a really good one for you because you won once again. You became the first male skier to have three victories, overall victories, under, under your belt. But it didn't start that well. You kind of that, that type of skier that the early season isn't really your cup of tea and then you kind of improve towards the end of the season and once again that's what you did. Yeah, I don't know if uh, it's the planned or if it's a coincidence or a, or a combination, but uh, I had some uh, difficulties uh, going in to the racing season, so I uh, didn't feel at my best. And uh, yeah, if you uh, if you want to fight for the top positions, you have to have a body that's. Uh, 100% and uh, if you don't uh, there will be guys beating you uh, and that was what happened to me I think and uh, slowly but surely I felt that uh, yeah my body was uh, the way I'm used to and uh, I still even though I had a real bad start of the season had some coin uh, yeah self-esteem uh, to feel that I could fight for the top positions and from uh, yeah from uh, Vanosta time trial and uh, and forward I think my shape just went uh, better and better. So when you think about those races uh, last uh, season what's kind of your comment overall uh, different type of we have really like lo- really long ones 100k and then a short 10k uphill race 
variety, at least. Yeah, for sure, variety. And uh, uh, COVID uh, was still around, and uh, I, I am uh, impressed and, uh, yeah, satisfied with uh, the organizers being able to pull off a whole season. And as you say, we have all these different types of races, and uh, I think that's a good thing. And uh, it makes it a little bit more interesting, maybe, because some athletes are better in the purely uphills, and maybe some are better when it's a little bit shorter. So I was I was focusing on the, the Grand Classics, and uh, yeah, it, it went really well, but... Uh, it's it's challenging, you know, to to be at your best when uh, when you want to be at the best, and usually that does not happen. So I'm I'm really yeah really satisfied with how things went. And then what about the new races? There were some new races uh, last season. Some of them are not in the new calendar. We are going to take a look at it very soon. But before we get there, like Tartu Marathon, for example. Yeah, I. I really liked uh, Tartu. Uh, Estonia has got some soul, and uh, cross-country skiing is uh, it's a big thing there. So for me, it was actually the first time ever in Estonia, and uh, I would really love to have uh, Tartu this year as well. But uh, it is what it is. But uh, Tartu was a great race, and uh, I liked the course and uh, the atmosphere. So yeah. Speaking of Tartu, I happen to be in Otep uh, by the stadium right now. I'm here training. They have really nice roller ski track here. So uh, for the audience as well, if you guys ever want to come over here, this is a good place to train in the summertime as well. But uh, let's take a look at this se- uh, the upcoming season. We have 14 races once again, 14 events, and quite a lot of back-to-back races as well. When you look at it, kind of the overall, let's start from there compared to the uh, the past seasons. What do you want to say about the upcoming season 14, which is kind of interesting since we <laughs> we will never have season 13. Kind of an unlucky number, isn't it? So we're skipping it. <laughs> yeah, as you say, we have some back-to-back races and, and 14 races, but I think uh, it's not that big of a change. You need to be in good shape when the biggest races are coming and uh, personally I I struggle a little bit with uh, back-to-back racing uh, I don't know how why it's like that but uh, I have a tendency to struggle a bit on the on the second day so I think it will be a challenge for me but uh, for me I just want to be at my best uh, when the biggest races are coming and uh, hopefully I will be able to do that this year also and uh, then I hopefully will be up there fighting for good pos- positions and uh, and the yellow bib but for sure there are many strong guys coming and uh, the calendar is really tough and for sure there are some races that maybe it does not suit me as good as I want but uh, Still, the biggest races are still the biggest races, and uh, that's where you get the most points, so I will focus on them. Indeed, that is the case, but when we look at this, uh, the upcoming season, uh, in the past, uh, we, or you guys, started, or the whole tour started uh, in Livigno, then last year, Usha was introduced. Usha still around. Uh, but the, uh, the time, time is different now, the dates are different. The, the whole tour 
will actually start in Badgerstein this time around, in Austria. That's kind of interesting. A new place, Pro, uh, the Protein Temple first on Saturday, December 10th, and then following uh, day, Sunday, December 11th, you guys will have a 35-kilometer classic technique race. What do you think about that place? Have you been to Badgerstein? No, actually, I have not been to Badgerstein, so I'm really looking forward to hear a lot of good things about it. And uh, yeah, as you say, two races back to back, and I think it's a it's a really good way to start off the season with uh, a pro team tempo and uh, a little bit maybe a shorter, faster race the, the day after. So yeah, I think uh, it's good to have some races before Christmas. Uh, so. Uh, it's nice to see that at least one weekend uh, is on the calendar. It's actually two now because you have those two races, Badgerstein, and then uh, the following weekend on Saturday, December 17th, 40-kilometer classic technique race, La Venosta Criterium. Ah, it, well. it's, uh, oh, yeah, it's, there, there you go. I, I <laughs> haven't been following that much. So, okay, so we have two before Christmas. That's, that's really good. The, it's a time of the year when, uh, when cross-country skiing is really, really popular and people are paying attention. And, uh, yeah, nice to get off the, the show before Christmas. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward uh, to, and, yeah, Lavanosta, it's uh, it's a challenging one. It's uh, it's high altitude, and uh, yeah, we saw last time that it was a tough race. So uh, yeah, will be interesting. So these two races, Badgerstein Criterium, Lavanosta Criterium, these are criterium races, meaning uh, multiple laps. So what's kind of your take on races like this? Yeah, for me personally, I, I like uh, doing races going from A to B, and uh, yeah, that's uh, how, how I think about it. But still, I understand why you have to do this criterium races also, because it's a time of the year when the snow conditions can be a little bit challenging, and uh, it's not that easy to find places with a lot of snow and, uh, and long tracks, so uh, I can see why it has to place in the calendar and i think it will be uh, it will be good races even though i would like to to not ski several loops uh. so after these two races actually three races you have the protein tempo and these two criteriums you have a long break almost a month of course they the christmas the holiday season there and then on january 14th the tour uh, continues a Pustetalen ski marathon, 62-kilometer race. That was an interesting one uh, last year, a new one last season. Yeah. Did you like that? Race? Yeah, I, I, I must say I was really, really, yeah, happy about that race. It was, yeah, of course, it helps when it's 10, 15 minus degrees and sun and perfect tracks, but it's uh, it was uh, a pleasant surprise in uh, last year's calendar and. Uh, I really liked uh, the course and uh, and the venue and uh, the distance and going from A to B and uh, yeah, really happy about having it uh, on the calendar this year as well. And uh, it's that kind of race, you know, where it's possible to get away with a strong group, but it's also a race where many guys can can come together, but. Uh, 
I think we saw this year that uh, the strongest guys, they were in the front at the end. So uh, it's a fair race and a tough race. And yeah, I really like it. And then followed by the Prato Piazza Mountain Challenge, 30-kilometer race, but <laughs> really a long climb at the end. Yeah, that's uh, that's a tricky one. And uh, I think people were a little bit surprised this year uh, with uh, double pulling being that effective uh, up the last, uh, last climb there. And uh, it's a race that uh, suits the... Uh, the the smaller guys and uh, for me I I will have to just do as best as I can and uh, then we will see but uh, yeah it's a really cool race and uh, I think it's nice to have some of that in the calendar as long as it does not get too much of it and uh, I don't know how it is this year if the points are like last year but uh, I think that was a good way to sort it out last year. And then after that, uh, you moved to uh, Switzerland, Engadin, La Diagonela. It's been around for us ever since uh, 2014. It's a bit shorter now. It's 55 uh, kilometers. Do you think it was a good thing that they shortened the race a bit? No, I don't think that's the way to go. Uh, I think they could have made it longer. Uh, maybe put on 10k instead of taking it away but uh, it is what it is and hopefully the the finish is the same as it uses to be or up to Zeus. yes i think that is the the same yeah way. so it's a it's a race where people uh, yeah there's no surprises there uh, the the last kilometers they are so tough and it's always one of the strongest, if not the strongest guy that, that wins the race. And it's usually a good predictor for what's coming uh, the next the next week and after, which for many guys is the biggest uh, goal at the early season. Yeah, I think one of the reasons for the, for, for the, shorten, uh, the oh, shortening the race is the fact that it was so cold, usually so cold. And uh, the, the start place, the, the former... Uh, start area, start place in zoos. You know that's that's usually kind of a cold place, and they moved it up to Pontresina, and uh, so I guess that's kind of the reason for for that. But of course, there are plenty of courses there. <laughs> they could have even hundred k race if they wanted to. It's a beautiful yeah, area. Yeah, amazing area. The Angadin Valley is is one of a kind, and as you say, there's usually a lot of tracks and a good amount of snow at that time of the year. So, yeah. It, uh, I feel a little bit uh, sad about the race being shortened. Uh, I don't like uh, the, uh, the trend per se, but uh, at least it's a fair race and it's always a tough race with the altitude and so forth. So, yeah, looking forward. So that's on Saturday, January 21st. And then week after that, on Sunday, January 29th, Marcia so so much has been said about the, the race. And, of course, it is the first of the Grand Classics events and one of the races that you really want to do well at. So Yeah, you know, when you when you turn 30 and you have been uh, around some years in the, in the Ski Classic Circus, uh, you, f- you, uh, you get this feeling that it's, uh, it's the biggest races that really triggers you. And, uh, yeah... 
motivates you, even though it's the daily grind that that mostly motivates me. I must admit that being able to be at my best at Marcelonga is something I will really eager for. And uh, yeah, I think I have been in really good shape in Marcelonga many times, but there's a lot of strong guys and uh, yeah. I just haven't been good enough uh, the last year. So hopefully I can uh, turn it up a notch this year. Uh, This is something I have asked you guys so many times. Once again, why is it so important for you guys to win this particular race? What is it about Machalonga that makes it so special? (laughs) Yeah, we want to win every race. But as you say, you have Machalonga with its tradition and with... uh, yeah, the, the attention and uh, the the course and being uh, one of the Grand Classic races, it's it's really one of the biggest races there is in the skiing world, at least for us doing this big mass events. So if uh, you are a skier with ambitions and uh, and uh, a desire to win much longer, is if not on the top of your list, it's uh, for sure up there on the podium. So for me, I have not had the chance to, to win it. <laughs> the chance has been there, but I haven't been good enough. So we'll give it a go this year also. Yeah, that remains to be seen. But after much longer, you guys have a break. Not that long, but at least a weekend off. Since Pustetalen and Prato Piazza and Engadina and much longer, they have kind of back to back. Uh, and then you have a break, and then Yiselska 50, Yiselska Baresatka, that's on Sunday, February 12th, a 50-kilometer race, another classic one, and cla- Grand Classics uh, event. Yeah, uh, Yiselska, I must say, the atmosphere there is, if not the best, it's for sure one of the top two races of the season, where you, where you really get the feeling that uh, the locals are proud and uh, happy about the, the race being held at yeah at their home ground and uh, the last years we have been quite lucky with the weather also and uh, the tracks there are amazing and uh, a little bit of uh, an iconic uh, last K there uh, so uh, it's a race where we have everything so uh, one of my favorite races of the whole season so it's good to see it's it's still there on the calendar and uh, it's something I personally am really looking forward to. And it's a race that has really grown uh, and you mentioned uh, the kind of the unique atmosphere, uh, some some kind of a folk fest you know, f- uh, feeling to it, you know, lots of people there and uh, the small, the beautiful village of Betrihov and uh, something about yeah, the race. Yeah, it is. So. And uh, as you say, it's like you feel the atmosphere there and the people are... To, to to finish off one of the races in Yisarska, it's a big thing there in the Bedrichoch and Jablonach and the Libritsch area. So, yeah, you feel after, even though COVID has uh, hit a toll on all of us the last years, uh, even this year it was uh, quite a lot of people there. And, uh, yeah, they are e- eager to cheer on you and uh, always a uh, nice atmosphere there. And then after that race, you don't have that much of a break a few days because the tour continues in Usha, Sweden, Krönklit Criterium. That's on Saturday, February 18th, 50-kilometer race there 
Yes, followed by a special one on Sunday, uh, February 19th, Kernklit ITT, which is a 15-kilometer classic uh, uh, race. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of interesting. That's uh, I mean, the Usha, or this Kernklit, uh, was in the calendar last season as well, but it was the season opener. Now it's kind of in the middle. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that, that will be really interesting. Uh, yeah coming off so many races and being in Europe for so long and uh, yeah then it must be two weeks before, prior to Vasaloppe so yeah okay so Bosha yeah that will do you know if it will be the same loop as we did uh, this year there or uh, that I don't know but it's a criterion which means that it is it is a loop yeah a so maybe it so will be the probably same. Uh, yeah, yeah quite the same or at least several loops yeah so, it was uh, uh, I, I think it was a good race and uh, putting the course uh, up that uh, small uh, alpine hill uh, yeah it made uh, it, it made a good difference so even though it came down to a, a bunch sprint uh, i think the course is uh, I, I like the course and i think it uh, it suits many different athletes and uh, yeah I think we will maybe see some surprises surprises there and as you said it's uh, two weeks before Barcelona but it is in Sweden so it's kind of a good lead into the uh, probably the biggest race in the calendar it always is Barcelona a 90 kilometer race and you won it you know a couple says you know how it is but Vasalope, what do you want to say about that? It's so much has been said. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the jewel in the crown, as you as you say, and uh, with its distance and its history and its uh, A to B track, and uh, yeah, it's such a big event with almost sixteen thousand people on the same start line, wishing they they will have a good day in the tracks. So. Vasalope uh, is the biggest uh, is the biggest race of the season. That's just the way it is, and uh, it's maybe not the the race which is hardest to win or the the best gear will always win. But it's it's the biggest race of the season. That's just the way it is, and uh, yeah, two weeks after Usha, so maybe people will uh, try to combine some training camps leading up to it. And uh, it will be interesting to see how the how the last weeks there pan out, heading up to Oslo. Of course, as uh, as we mentioned, it's it's the one. Uh, if not the one, it's all it's one. All the teams and uh, the sponsors and the athletes really would like to do well in. So yeah. So to win a race like like that, to win, to win Oslo, but what does it really mean to to? to you guys, to an athlete? What does it give you guys? Uh, Prestige, yeah, of course. But I, I <laughs> think it uh, depends on the guy or girl that you ask. Uh, mm, for sure, it's the race with, with the most, uh, let's say, financial motives to win. It's the biggest races, so it's the race of the season where you win the most. But I think people just want to feel that uh, yeah that they uh, are a great athlete and that they uh, possess the, the tools in their box to be able to pull off a victory and uh, to win a race where it doesn't matter if it's Vasaloppe or Bad Gostein, it's the same it's the same competition with the same guys but 
it's something special with the Vasilop and I think uh, at least for the Swedish the Swedish guys and girls you you feel that if there's one race they really want to win it's uh, it's Vasilop and personally I love Vasilop and I I am honored to have been able to to win it but uh, yeah it's uh, yeah it's it was a big dream for a long time for me so to fulfill your dreams uh, that's always nice as you said, I mean, in Sweden, it, it is a really a big thing to win that. I mean, I've talked to a lot of the, uh, you know, Barcelona winners, Swedish ones, and they say that you become a legend in, 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 in their country if you win Barcelona. Is it the same thing in Norway too? Or is it like, it's not as big? <laughs> yeah. I don't know about legend, but uh, uh, it's it's only one guy and one girl that, uh, that wins it every year. And... Uh, yeah, some guys have done it more of more than once, and the same with the girls. So it's yeah, I don't know. It's kind of an exclusive club, if you want to say it like that. So uh, I would be lying if I did say that I don't. Yeah, you feel that people are watching you, and there are there are many guys. Yeah, you did well in Barcelona, or yeah, so so Barcelona, or oh yeah, I'm Swedish. I yeah and. Uh, yeah, I'm from there and there, and so so people they pay attention to to the Vasa winner, but uh, we uh, it does not make you a legend. I think what what is a legend? <laughs> yeah, that is a good question. But that is Vasa, but of course that is the third Grand Classics event followed by the fourth one, Pirkebeiner Rennet, which is the biggest race in your country. Uh, Another legendary race, a uh, 54-kilometer race from Rena to Lillehammer. And, uh, well, you know the race yeah, pretty well. Yeah, I, I know the race. Uh, so, yeah, we had some years now without uh, Birke Beiner. And so, uh, so it's, uh, I'm really glad the pandemic is over because uh, we need to have Birken every year, I think. And uh, it's... Uh, it's a cornerstone in the cross-country skiing community in in Norway, so it's an important race to to be held, and uh, it's usually a really really tough race with uh, only a few persons having the qualities to to be able to pull it off. But uh, yeah, sometimes like this year, you have a lot of headwind, and uh, when the the competition is it's getting more and more even and then there's many guys being able to follow so yeah i'm really looking forward to to birken and uh, as you say it's a historical race and it's a big thing here in norway speaking of which i mean we talked about Vasalov being like the really big thing in in sweden but what about birken in your country is does it kind of hold the same status as Vasalop in Sweden? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's at the same level. Uh, of course, it's, it's standing is, is high, uh, especially maybe at uh, that part of the country. But I think Vasalop is, uh, is something on its own in, uh, in Sweden. Uh, so I don't think it can quite compare to, to Vasalop in Sweden. But uh, it's always broadcasted on the, yeah, the national TV and uh, a lot of people are paying attention and uh, many are doing the race themselves and uh, yeah but as I said the pandemic has uh, 
has made the last years a little bit challenging, but uh, I hope for Birken that uh, this year it will go as as normal and that many people are participating. So those races at Barcelona is on Sunday, March 5th. It's always uh, on the first uh, Sunday of March and then Birkebeinerenet is on Saturday, March 18. You guys have a week, a weekend off there between those two races and then some time off again, a weekend off, and then you have two more races, uh, Reis de Lope, the, which is now 40 kilometers, uh, and then uh, a new race in the same area, uh, ending in part of Badefors, supposedly 65 kilometers long. What about that? Two races back to back, and that is that's going to be your season finale. Yeah, that's that's a change. Uh, first, I would like to say that I think it's. Uh, it's really cool to have two races up here in my, not in my backyard, but Bardefoss is only half, one and a half hour away from Tromsø. So I know the area really well and and the people there. So getting two races there, that, that would be really, really great. So uh, I'm a little bit, uh, yeah, I don't know quite uh, the track uh, where it's supposed to go. We will find out, I think, this weekend, but. Uh, for sure it will be some great events and uh, doing back to back you're going out with a bang and uh, usually we are doing a long race in Levy as the last one which I must say uh, has been a really fantastic race which uh, yeah which has everything a long distance race should uh, consist of but uh, yeah but I think uh, I, will, I think it will be uh, a good uh, way of ending the season up here in the north you just mentioned Ulas Levi. Uh, unfortunately, that's not in the calendar anymore. We don't have a race in Finland. Of course, I'm really <laughs> sad about that fact, but uh, nothing we can do about no, it. No, it isn't. So, uh, as I said, uh, I think, yeah, both personally and uh, a lot of the other guys, they, Levi was a fantastic race. So, uh, it was a nice way to finish off a long season. And, uh, yeah, we will miss Levi, no doubt about that. So, hopefully, uh, Bardufos will deliver and uh, make it a nice replacement. Well, that remains to be seen. But now when you look at this this season, I think about the summer, uh, before I let you go, let's talk about the training a little bit. You just mentioned that you've been sick and I haven't really, really trained that much. Uh, now we're like in the mids, uh, uh, mid-June, still plenty of time left. But what are you going to do to ensure that you'll be in, in top shape come the winter, the new winter, the new season? Uh, yeah. Uh, Hopefully there's still some time left, but uh, when you're lying in the bed with a fever and you see all these guys doing 100 and 200 k's trips on roller skis, you you start to think a bit. But uh, luckily, I have yeah built up some kind of uh, yeah knowledge about how to get my sh- my body into shape. So the plan is to start off. Uh, with a lot of aerobic training, staying away from that uh, lactic acid as much as I can, and just build stone by stone. It's it's not a very interesting answer, but when you have 
I have had a lot of good uh, seasons, and uh, yes, you should always think what what can you do better, and what can you improve, and what can you change. And it's it's important not to stand still because then you're going backwards. But it's also important to remember what uh, got you where you're at in the first place. So I think I would do a lot of the same things that I have done with luck before and hopefully my body will respond to it and I can stay away from yeah at least the biggest injuries and then I th- hopefully will be up there. So the podcast uh, in the past you have uh, told us that you're kind of conservative when it comes to training you don't want to mix uh, intensive trainings and uh, and the easy ones and the, the endurance trainings is that still going to be the kind of the, the case that in in the future as well. Yeah, I guess it will. Uh, it's like, yeah, not like kiss. We used to say kiss, like keep it simple, stupid. But <laughs> for first and foremost, it's about getting the job done, and uh, and if you can do it with a lot of motivation and eager as well, I think you're in a good place. So I don't think it's all about what you're doing. The most important thing is that you're doing it. So first you need to train 20, 25, 30 hours a week and then you maybe have to be looking at what kind of interval sessions am I doing? What do I think is the thing I need? What kind of uphills or flat parts or what I'm doing? First and foremost you need to get that base and you need to start training probably and then when the autumn comes, I usually try to be a little bit more specific. And uh, yeah, it usually works quite well for me. But uh, yeah, it's no one size fit all, I think. So since Emil Parson and those guys did that 220k roller ski uh, uh, training, is that in your calendar as one of these days as well? Or something uh, like that? These really ultra long yeah, ones. I, I have done many long uh, trainings in my life, but I don't call the newspapers to to let them write about it. You know them. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I usually do some kind of long sessions, but uh, maybe I need to do two hundred and twenty-one or something like that. But ah, uh, uh, we will see. I first I need to get the job done and. Uh, for me, these extreme sessions, they tend to uh, give me a lot of motivation, but they also uh, can be quite toxic to my body. So I have, uh, the last years, I have taken it a little bit more chill with uh, the toughest and longest sessions. So we will see, but uh, for sure, the guys in Östersund with Emil and Oscar and Max, they are... They are uh, leading by a, by an example these days, and uh, those guys will be the future of the sport. So uh, you, we have to get uh, going really soon if we are going to be able to, to match them. Uh, what about roller ski races? Do you think they will be uh, in shape uh, by the, the roller ski of the summer season, as they call it? <laughs> uh, I would like to say yes, but... Uh, now with the, the uh, I I think that will be difficult. Uh, at least uh, the plan was to was to do a race this weekend in Toten Tottenrun, but uh, 
I think I need to cancel that one, and then we have Blink in some time, and uh, usually I think that would be too tough for me. But uh, maybe uh, at the end of the the summer or or autumn, I will be be in an okay shape. So we so we will see. But for me, it's uh, it's the winter time now that I'm focusing on. Even though it's it's really good to be fighting in the summertime also, and I think the sports are. The sport is uh, developing in that direction also with the, with a lot of big competitions in the summer and autumn also. So I would like to be in a better shape, maybe a little bit more like I was last year. But uh, with the exams and then getting ill again, I, I think it will be too much to ask. <laughs> so as a last question before I let you go and, and, and get well and, and we'll uh, move on to, uh, to the EDAS segment uh what are your kind of well it goes without saying that your goal is to to win again the champion but now based on everything you just said and and there's kind of about this spring season that hasn't really gone as expected so realistically what are your kind of key goals for the upcoming season yeah i think we have dream goals and uh results goals that we have but uh Actually, I have been, th- yeah, thinking a little bit about uh, maybe skiing in a little bit different way because, you know, I have always had the, quite a good finish. And when you have a good finish, you tend to not put it all out there, you know. You tend to maybe save some energy for the sprint and just stay in the bunch because, you know you have good cards on your hand when it comes down to a sprint. So you don't maybe go all in as you would if you did not have that sprint finish. So now I have had many years showing that I can yeah, perform at the last 100 meters if I'm in shape and the energy is left on the tank. But you don't get tired of, of of that maybe but sometimes you feel that uh, maybe you need to do something else and that motivates you maybe more so maybe we will see a little bit uh, different skiing from uh, from my side uh, this winter and not maybe focusing so much on on winning a sprint uh, in the end so maybe you'll be the new breakaway king yeah maybe i will uh, try to to set the pace or more than uh, than I have done in the past. Uh, as I said, when you are when people like me and maybe Emil and other guys, when you have a good sprint, you you don't feel the need maybe to push the pace uh, that much, but uh, just rather save the energy for 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 the last case. But uh, yeah, maybe I need to change something first and foremost for myself because maybe I want to. Maybe I want to try to do something else, but many, many races I have had enough with just following the other guys. And it's not like that I have had uh, much more to give, but if I have more to give, maybe I will try to do a little bit more out of myself. Uh, expect that don't just wait for the sprints. That's very interesting. So this is a <laughs> warning to all the other skiers, you know, beware, uh, Mr. Nigard will be, he will be going fast from the, the get-go, <laughs> yeah. from the bang. 
Good, but thank you very much, uh, Andreas. Uh, you just get well and start training, and of course, hopefully, get to do some roller ski races as well. And come the winter, I know that you'll you'll be in good shape, as always. And uh, good luck. Yeah, thank you, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. And next, we'll have Ida Dahl. Stay tuned for that. So, Ida Dahl, uh, welcome to our show. How are you doing? Uh, I'm just fine. Just arrived to Ora on the first camp with uh, Team Encon. So, uh, right now, everything is good. Yeah, speaking of which, I mean, you have a new team. That's going to be very exciting, isn't it? Yeah, very exciting. It feels really good, and I'm really excited about the upcoming season. How does it feel? I mean, is it? It's of course, you haven't really spent that much time with the team, but... Is it kind of the same or is it a different kind of vibe there in that team Engon compared to team Ramutten? Yeah, we met for the first time yesterday in Strömsund uh, where Engon, the company, is located. So uh, we had a really great day and uh, the energy feels really good and every, everyone is uh, yeah, really excited and uh, everything. So it feels really good. And the team captain Jerry Arling, what about him? He's a legend. Yeah, he's a truly legend. He's uh, always uh, just very happy and spreads very positive energy. So that feels really good too. I also heard through the grapevine that you're changing your ski brand. Is that correct as well? Yeah, uh, until next season I will go on Fisher as everyone else in the team. So uh, yeah, that's very exciting and funny too. That's probably exciting, but it's kind of tough, isn't it, when you change because you have to do quite a lot of ski testing and uh, the brand isn't uh, is maybe something that you're not that familiar with. Uh, no, but I feel like I have a, have a really good contact on the, uh, the people on Fisher and uh, our Vaxxer in the team is also doing a great job, so I'm not so worried about that part. And then what about the training? I mean, we're now in, the, in June, still plenty of time before the winter comes, but uh, how's your training going? Uh, yeah, I just started to train like maybe two weeks ago. Uh, so uh, right now the shape maybe isn't the best, but uh, at least it can only get better. So yeah, it's going to be nice with a training camp now and really get started. So are you saying that you didn't do anything after the season until pretty much two weeks ago? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, of course, you train a, a little bit, like uh, trying to keep up a bit. But uh, right after the season, I was quite tired and I needed a, a break. So I took one or two weeks off and then I got the flu for three, three weeks. So uh, suddenly there were five week, weeks that had gone by and uh, yeah. <laughs> but you've recovered now. From that yeah, now now everything's good. So it's just uh, just the shape that needs to to get better. But I'm not worried that that's not gonna happen. So yeah. So what did you do on your time off? Uh, I was with my family uh, in uh, Funestalen, uh, and uh, yeah, I've been trying to be home a bit, and we've been renovating a, a new apartment, me and Eddie. So. Yeah, I have have had uh, enough to do. <laughs> so you've been yeah. busy. Yeah, I've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, uh, we soon going to talk about the uh, the upcoming season. That's the topic, you know. 
of this particular podcast. But before we do that, let's kind of take a walk down memory lane and go back to the next, uh, sorry, last season, which was a really good one, particularly the first part of the season. You were amazing. Then the latter part of the season, a little bit tricky there. Uh, but when you look back, so what's sort of your analysis of the uh, of the season? Uh, yeah, I'm really happy about the season. I mean, it started out uh, very, very good and much better than I thought from the beginning. So uh, even though the end of the season maybe wasn't as I wanted it to be, uh, overall, I'm just really uh, happy about the whole season. And then what about the upcoming season? Of course, now you pretty much the kind of the favorite, uh, Lena and the Britta and Thea Kruk, and they all, you know, retired. So are you the one now that everybody's kind of keeping an eye on? Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope so. My goal is to, uh, to win the yellow bib, of course. So, But, uh, I mean, it's not going to be easy, I think. Both Astrid and... Uh, yeah, many other girls are going to be really strong, so there are going to be many tough fighters, fights, I think. And new faces, of course, as, as always. But let's take a look at this, uh, the upcoming season. Season 14, it's kind of interesting, we're skipping the number 13, so uh, sort of an unlucky number, I guess. But the season will start in a new place, Bad Kastein. Is that something that you're familiar with? Uh, no, I've never been there, so it's going to be really fun, and uh, I really like when uh, it comes in new places we can go to and compete, and new courses and everything, so I'm really looking forward. And also, we are, Austria is coming back. We used to have um, you know, the race in Seefeld, Kaiser Maximilian Love, but uh, now we have uh, these two races, but in Bad Gastein, the Criterium and, of course, the Pro Team uh, Tempo. And then after the Bad Kastein, La Venosta's returning criterium there uh, and a 40-kilometer classic race. What do you want to say about that one? Uh, if it's the same course uh, as for it was about two years ago, uh, it's going to be really tough. It was a really tough course then. So, but uh, also a very beautiful place and uh, a really nice course. I really like it. So... I think it's going to be a really beautiful competition. And then after that, uh, Pustetaler uh, Ski Marathon and Prato Piazza Mountain Challenge, which is a special race. That was your first uh, victory. But that weekend? Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, I only have good memories from that place right now. So I'm really uh, excited about coming back and uh, do it all over again. So let's let's hope for success all over again. <laughs> Uh, Andrea said that it was a really good addition to uh, this this whole weekend, this location to uh, to the tour. What's your opinion about the the location? Uh, location in Toblash or what? Yes, the to Toblash, the Bustetale, the both both races. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was uh, really good. I mean, it was two really fun competitions, and uh, it's very beautiful in that area. So I really like it there. And then after that weekend, Engadin, La Diagonela, beautiful place, beautiful location, you know, that, that valley. Uh, the race is a bit shorter than it used to be, 55 kilometers, but that was something that you guys had last season as well. Did you, yeah. uh, do you like that, the fact that it's a bit shorter? 
because uh, Andreas said that he wasn't really <laughs> too happy about the the shortened race. Uh, it's maybe both. I mean, the course as it is now is maybe a bit funnier. I mean, otherwise you start with 15 kilometers of like just a long flat part and I don't think that that's maybe the most fun part of the course but uh, uh, at the same time we do this because we want to go like long courses so uh, uh, yeah maybe both but I I really like the the course as it is right now it's uh, really tough and uh, really beautiful so it is a really a beautiful location. And after Engadin, Machalonga. That's yeah. that's a special race. It always is. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's uh, special with the atmosphere and everyone cheering you on. And uh, yeah, everyone else who is there and skis. So uh, it's really fun. And then well, Yiserska, Paresatka, Yiserska 50. Uh, you have a bit of a break there between Majalonga and, and Yiseska, which is then in a, uh, sort of in mid-February, February 12th. Again, yeah. it's a special race, very different from, for example, Majalonga. Yeah, uh, it's maybe my favorite course, actually. I really like it. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's uh, a very fun course. Much is happening all the time. So uh, I really like it there also. And then you have two new races. I mean, location that was introduced uh, last season, uh, Usha, Kranklit. But now it's in the middle of the season. You have a criterium race there, 50-kilometer uh, race, and then a 15-kilometer race, two races back-to-back uh, on February 18th and 19th. That's an yeah. interesting addition, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's a bit different from like all the other weekends and... Uh, that is really fun. So uh, I really like when it's happening, something new. So uh, I like that it's something else and not just the same as every other weekend with the time trial and everything. So uh, and also I think it's going to be really good in Osha at that time. So uh, uh, I think that's going to be great. Would you say that is it's also a good preparation for Vasalopet? It, it's in Sweden, the same area. Uh, two weeks before uh, yeah uh, it feels good not to travel too far uh, as close into Vasalopet you can be a little bit, bit more uh, at home and just prepare for the season uh, for Vasalopet so uh, uh, for me it feels really good and then speaking of which Vasalopet comes after that you know the first weekend uh, the first Sunday of March which is fifth uh, next winter but Vasalope was a bit of a tricky one for you last season. We talked about that uh, on a podcast uh, a while back. But uh, yeah, definitely. now looking back, you know, it's uh, what do you want to say about Vasalope? Why didn't it go? What? Why didn't it go that well for you? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I was just, uh, you know, tired after very many tough races and everything, but. Uh, it's always going to come races in your career that does not go as you want or as you're planning. So you have just, you just have to take it. And, uh, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, always, even though it didn't go as I wanted, it's, it's, uh, 
funny competition and the atmosphere around Vasaloppet is uh, always going to be very uh, uh, yeah uh, very feels very big and everything so uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to come back and do it better this year Speaking of, of, of that, what are you planning to do? How are you going to prepare that you will do better in, a ra- in the race? Um, in Vasaloppet, you think? or Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, for me, I think it's a bit... After you have been away for so many weeks down in Europe, it's important for me to come home and just land home and take it easy and gather new energy. Uh, so I think that's going to be very important for me uh, and uh, relax and take it easy with the training and everything. So, uh, yeah, for me, I think it's going to be just to uh, to take a step back and take it easy. And then after Vasaloppet is Birken, Birkebeinerennet. You have a break there so you can train a little bit or at least uh, relax and recoup from that long race. Yeah. What do you want to say about Birken? Uh, Birken is a fantastic race. It's very beautiful and very very tough. Uh, but uh, I I really really like it. And uh, yeah, uh, I think maybe after Isarska, that's the race I I like the most. And for two seasons now, you guys have had a. A long, really a long uh, distance race, or if at 100k, but that's not in the calendar anymore. No. Do you feel that you, are you gonna miss it? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's uh, when you can go the ordinary course. It's a really beautiful course and uh, quite amazing. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, at the same time, you you get to try maybe uh, other races instead, uh, as in the beginning. So. I think it's quite fun that uh, the competition is changing throughout the seasons. And then also some other races are missing. You know, Tartu is not in the calendar. Ulaslevi. Yeah. So what do you uh, want to say about those those races that are not in the calendar calendar anymore? Yeah, I mean, Ulaslevi is a really beautiful race, and I'm a bit sad that we are not going there uh, this year. Uh, I really like it and. I think it's a very beautiful place, but um, maybe it will come back uh, in the future. You never know, so uh, uh, we will see. But the season finale of the last two races are going to be in Norway, the the Badufoss area, Reistalöpe first, which is now a bit shorter, 40k, and then you have a new race that will end uh, in Badufoss. Do you think that's a good weekend when you have two races back to back as a kind of a season finale uh yeah i think it's going to be really good uh it's always fun with uh, two races in a weekend so and uh yeah it's uh, it's truly amazing and beautiful up there too so i think it's going to be really good so when you now look at all these races went through uh, all, every single one all these 14 races in 10 different locations What's kind of your overall feeling about the season now compared to the the, the ones uh, in the past? Uh, I mean, of course, it's going to be tough. It's many races in a short time. So uh, I think when the season is ending, as this year, you will be 
very tired and uh, very pleased. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think it's going to be really funny and uh, there are many beautiful races to come. And uh, yeah, uh, I really, I really looking forward to it and I'm really exciting. So when you think about the kind of the development or involvement of, of ski classics, do you think that is a good direction now that you're getting different type of races, races back to back, shorter races, longer races? Do you think that the mix is very good now? Uh, yeah, uh, maybe it's not so many really long races, uh, but uh, so maybe it could be some race that is, uh, you know, like up to uh, the distance as Vasaloppet or something, but uh, otherwise I think it's a really good mix with the short and long races and uh, uh, double competition and so uh, so it feels like uh, uh, a really a really funny plan. Is there anything else you would like to see in ski classics besides step longer distances? Mm, maybe in, yeah, maybe like one more pro team tempo or something. I think that's a really funny competition and uh, it would be fun to have one more of those uh, in maybe the end of the season or something. But uh, otherwise, I think it's really good. So since, since this is a tough season, as, as they always been very tough, tough ones. Uh, so let's talk about the training a little bit. You just mentioned earlier that you have started it now. You have your first training camp in Ore. Uh, you're getting ready to push really hard. But speaking of the summer and, and the fall, particularly the summer, what kind of a training? Are, are you changing anything? Or is it going to be the same type of you know, uh, uh, program, training program as you had yeah. in, in the past? Yeah, we'll continue working together with uh, Matthias Reck. So, uh, of course, it's the quite the same. Uh, but for me, we have always some details, you know, that you're working with. And when it comes to to the training, I try to do as much different things as possible. This time of the year, uh, I both go roller ski and I go cycling and uh, yeah, swimming and so on. So I try to be quite an all-round training person right now. Is Matthias bringing anything new to your training? Or is it just the same same type of exercises and workouts that you've had in the past? Uh, yeah, I would say that it's uh, quite the same uh, as it has what uh, at it has been before. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but, you know, you always do some twist uh, when you start a new season. Maybe you are uh, doing a little bit more strength in the beginning of the season to get stronger and uh, maybe more impulses and so on. But otherwise, it's quite the same. Speaking of that a little bit, uh, what do you think are your sort of if if any, but what are your weaknesses or things that you need to work on? And then again, what are your strengths? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I want to be more explosive. Uh, so I try to work a little bit more on my strength and getting a little bit more, a little bit stronger. And uh, uh, with that also, uh, my hope is to get faster. So... Uh, yeah, and my strength strength ha has always been that 
yeah, I'm quite stubborn and I can go on for a very long time. So uh, I just maybe need to train on the, uh, uh, yeah, the different type of hastighet uh, uh, <laughs> or, uh, yeah. <laughs> Good. I mean, the, the summer season is coming up as well, meaning roller ski races. Are you going to participate in those and, and are you putting any focus on, on that particular season? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to compete in almost every competition in August, August in Blink Festival and, and Top Idrasvecka and Allianzloppet and so on. And I think it's a really good break uh, till the summer training to break off with some competitions. So, yeah, my hope is to go uh, quite a few competitions in the end of the summer. How well do those races serve uh, pro team athletes or, or skiers or long distance skiers? Because you do quite a lot of those races usually. Uh, yeah, there are quite many races. So, if you want to compete, you can really compete during the whole summer, I think. So, uh, I think that's really funny. But is there a danger that you might get too many races? Maybe put too much focus on all those races and was kind of the balance? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that is about how you are as a person. For me, it's uh, it's just a fun complement to my training. So it's not that I'm like putting my training aside to compete. Uh, so I just do it as a part of my training and see it as a... It's a fun, a fun thing. <laughs> and then going back to the upcoming season a little bit, you only talked about your, your, your goals and stuff, but now we went, went through all the races and, and so forth. What do you think is that, how, how, how would you make sure that you will be the one? You just said earlier that Astrid, of course, will be strong, but you are probably the one that everybody's kind of putting their eyes on. But how are you going to? ensure that you are the force to be reckoned with? Uh, I think it's important to, uh, yeah, you know, take care of your body during the whole season. It's many tough races and uh, last year I struggled a bit with my back. So I think for me, it's very important to really be careful with that and take care of, take care of the back the whole season and, uh, uh, be able to stand on the starting line on every competition. So I'd assume that the winning the champion title is the one that you are going for, shooting for, correct? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not going to be easy, as you said. There are other girls <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that are strong. But, yeah, but, really. Yeah, but good, very good. Uh, so it's, it's, it's looking like we are going to have a really a nice, good season once again, a long one. As always, yeah. <laughs> it's always you guys starting in, a, in early December, going all the way to uh, to April once again. Do you think? By, by the way, do you think it's, it's a good thing that the season is that long, all the way from from December to uh, to the spring season? Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, a quite a good length on it, on it, and it always goes very fast when you just start and when you are in it. So. Uh, uh, I really, I really like that you compete until April uh, and so on. So I think it's good. 
And as a last question, I know that your summer will be a lot of training and so forth, but what else are you going to do? How are you going to enjoy the summer? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to go home to Östergötland and visit my uh, family there. And uh, I'm also yeah, going to spend a lot of time in uh, uh, Funestalen together with my mom and uh, yeah, and then Eddie, my uh, boyfriend, Uh, lives uh, on Alna outside of Sundsvall and uh, he he really likes it there he says it's the Norlands Hawaii so I think we're gonna be there some week also <laughs> but no traveling abroad no vacation trips uh, no we haven't planned any so far but uh, maybe in uh, the late spring uh, yeah later uh, in the end of the summer or maybe in October or something we are going to Mallorca or something but uh, yeah we will see them all right thank you very much uh, Ida I hope that your summer will go well and keep training hard yeah thank you and you folks out there thank you for listening once again and stay tuned for more podcast episodes and of course get ready for the upcoming season Thank you very much and see you guys soon. Bye-bye. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.